Hello, educators, and welcome to episode 52 of the Leaders of Literacy podcast. In our episode today, I'm joined with two of my colleagues from the June Harless Center to talk about extended learning programming and the opportunities, resources, and support that we can offer to West Virginia educators as they're planning for summer learning opportunities. Welcome to the West Virginia Leaders of Literacy podcast, where we engage in educational conversations to strengthen early literacy in West Virginia. Are you ready to become a leader of literacy? Hello, listeners. Today, Brandy is back to help me continue our conversation that we previously had about extended learning programs. Just as a reminder to our listeners, one of the major campaign components for the West Virginia Campaign for Grade Level Reading is extended learning. And this is a focus of the campaign because research studies that have been conducted over many years indicate that on average students lose skills over the summer. However, not all student experience average losses and summer learning loss tends to be disproportionate when it comes to our low-income students. Low-income students lose a substantial amount of um, skills in reading during the summer, while their higher-income peers often make gains or stay about the same. And the loss of knowledge and educational skills also occur during these summer months, and it's cumulative over the course of a student's career. So this really widens the achievement gap between low and upper income students, and that's the whole focus of the Campaign for Grade Level Reading is decreasing that achievement gap. You know, that's right, Becky, and I think most people don't realize that the loss is cumulative, and so it just further widens the gap year after year after year if it's not addressed. And through the pandemic, we have seen that students who may not have been impacted in previous years might be impacted now due to, you know, just the environment and situation that we're all facing. Right. So, Brandy, in the last episode, we interviewed uh, Christy Schwartz from the West Virginia Department of Education about the Summer Soul Program. Um, And, Brandy, just thanks for being here again today. I would really appreciate it if you could provide a snapshot of that conversation to any listeners that we have today that may not have heard that episode. Sure, of course. So during our interview, Christy shared some really great lessons learned from the Summer Soul programs that she uh, helped facilitate and how those programs might improve this coming summer. So what what did they learn, what things needed to stay, what things needed to change, those types of things. And one of her suggestions is to partner with community organizations for support, and that includes our team here at the June Harless Center. So what I thought would be helpful for our listeners is for us to share more about how our center might help support their programs. Yeah, Brandy, I think that is a great idea. I think that there are many people throughout the state that are unaware of the support that we provide here at the center. Um, 
let's talk about how we can help in two different ways. So the very first way is involves our early and elementary learning specialist, and um, they can specifically help for pre-K through fifth grade uh, plans for extended learning. Now that we have been named as one of West Virginia Department of Education's Technical Assistance Center, we go beyond that literacy component that used to be our major focus. Exactly, Becky, and I think that also an unknown is that we have been named one of those technical assistance centers. Um, so now we are titled an the Early and Elementary Technical Assistance Center, and we abbreviate that LTAC. And what that means is our team has the capacity to support programs and developing plans, not just for literacy, like we have in the past, but also to include math, science, social studies, and integrating all of those areas together in a way that really engages our students. So what that means is we could help summer programs think through the structure of their program, the types of activities that they might provide, and how those activities connect to state standards so that we can combat that summer learning loss. I'm really glad that you mentioned the need to connect the activities with state standards, Brandy. I know that this is a really important piece that Christy also addressed Um, We know that all students are in need of support over the summer to reduce the academic loss that we've seen during the pandemic. So it's really vital that programs include time for academic support as well. And really, Becky, what immediately comes to mind for me is a conversation I was just having with Brittany, another learning specialist in our office. And we were talking about how we are going to support some kindergarten teachers in a county on how to embed academics into play and play into academics. And I think this notion also applies to our summer learning programs because it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think programs uh, often do kind of isolate them out, but they can focus on academics in a way that is still quote unquote camp-like so that It keeps the enthusiasm high for students that are attending and just makes it more engaging. So for example, I once taught a summer camp. This was one of my favorites. And the focus of the camp was on dinosaurs. And so throughout the camp, we read nonfiction texts about different types of dinosaurs. We made dinosaur tracks using different patterns. Uh, The children designed their own dinosaur and labeled it and then I also had them write a news article about the first sighting of the dinosaur, and we did so much more, but those are just a few examples um, of how I was able to incorporate many of the standards into this project in a way that kept the children engaged. It sounds like it was really engaging and a lot of fun, and I really wish I would have been able to participate in that camp with you. (laughs) And, you know, Brandy, you bring up a great point about extended learning programs, not having to choose between fun and academics. I know that many organizations and school districts, when they're planning, they're really thinking and keeping those students in mind who are already academically behind. And so they take this more traditional approach to summer school, which is like an extended school time for those students. 
However, what we know from research is that our students who are behind academically continue to fall behind during summer break, um, not just because they don't have those academic experiences, but they're not having those rich learning opportunities that their peers receive, such as going on family vacations and trips to the museums and zoos. You know that all of those experiences work to build their knowledge and vocabulary of the world around them. So that's why it's really critical. Not only do extended learning programs provide students with that academic support, but they also introduce students to topics that they wouldn't encounter at home or at school. And it incorporates those hands-on experiences that they would be missing out on. That's really a great point to make. And we know that building knowledge and increasing those experiences for our students will help them academically by increasing their knowledge around those topics, but it also helps them socially and behaviorally as well. And that's another impact that we've seen through this pandemic, especially as they interact and explore these topics with their peers, with other adults, with those um, museum curators, whoever it might be. So another way that our team can support summer programming is really by aiding counties and districts in building those strong community partnerships with stakeholders, or by thinking about ways that the partners that they already have can work together to combine their efforts to enhance the summer programming opportunities that they have. Right, Brandy. And I know in the past we've assisted with training programs um, with volunteers from Energy Express. So that's always an option as well. We're always happy to work with our district leaders and community partners to serve their students in any way possible. Becky, I think this is a great place for me to mention to our listeners how they can connect with us if they want support for their program. I think you're right. I think this would be a great place. So on our team, there are seven of us learning specialists, and we each support certain counties across the state. In the show notes, we will be sure to link a map of the state and what specialist is assigned to which county. So if we have a listener that wants to reach out, they can simply email the learning specialist assigned to that county, and we'll see how best to support your needs from there. Great. So supporting our districts and community partners with their programs is one type of support that we offer, but let's switch gears for a minute and talk about the other way in which we can support extended year programs. So this is by discussing the services that the June Harless Center can provide And we have many teams at the center, and one of the teams that we have is our STEAM team. And they can provide support to programs and developing summer learning programs that include different project focuses. So what we've done is we've invited our colleague, J.D. Maui, who is a member of the STEAM team, to talk to us a little more about the services that can be offered through them. J.D., thank you for being here and welcome onto the show. Well, I appreciate you all having me here. Um, I've heard a lot about the podcast. I'm excited to have an opportunity to join you all. I hope there's uh, some forgiveness 
involved since this is my first podcast ever. No forgiveness, JD. <laughs> we'll go easy on you. We're really happy that you're here with us today. And we're really thrilled to share the additional services of the June Harless Center because often we we talk about our team and what our team can provide. And so, JD, just to catch you up a little bit, we've been talking about summer programming and how our LTAC team can support programs in counties across the state. But we thought it would be helpful for you to share how the STEAM team can do the same, uh, but in a different capacity, of, of course. So first, can you just talk to us about the different services that your team provides? Sure, I'd be happy to. So, um, you know, our team provides services to many counties. The majority of the counties that we work with are counties that doesn't have all the opportunities, doesn't have all the equipment um, that may be necessary to do some of the things that we do. So when we go to counties, um, when we're contracted with counties, we work with them and we do, you know, obviously we're the STEAM team. So we do a lot of science, technology, engineering, math, arts, all of those things are, are combined in the things that we do. We do a lot of robotics. Um, we do outdoor learning. The things that we do, um, I love how you guys have mentioned that you really want everything to be standards-based. And the things that we do are standards-based, as well as being engaging and even exciting for these teachers and the students. So what we'll do is we'll go in, into a county and, and do a training on something. And when we do the training, we give them not only all the support that we can bring, but we also bring the equipment so they can see how it works and they, you know, they can see the step-by-step -step things that they need to follow to be able to handle what the equipment does. We can provide them with equipment to take to their classrooms. And like I said, it's very standards based, but at the same time, the kids don't really see that, <laughs> which is which is a plus and, and which can help to keep it engaging. They're all very hands on things. And like I said, they're things that we can bring into the county that the county wouldn't typically have access to. Um, so we're bringing these things into these students that would otherwise not have those chances. And also when we do it, we bring support to those teachers you know we're available to even come to those counties and help those teachers bring those things into the classroom so i think we provide unique opportunity for the students and the teachers and uh, i'm excited to be here discussing it i love that jd yeah i was just gonna agree with that and say that i love that you're able to offer that support for educators and lending out equipment so that they can have their hands on some of that equipment that they may not have access to in their counties. So JD, Brandy and I have been talking about the June Harless Center and the summer support that we offer to programs. And we know that your team has had the opportunity to work really closely with Logan County and that this summer you're going to be working with Summers County to support their extended learning programming. So can you just share a little bit of information about what that support looks like? Sure. So that support looks a lot like kind of what I had already talked about. We're bringing in programs that are very content-based, but also are project-based and things that do provide this engaging 
idea that everybody's looking for with their summer programs. We understand that in these summer programs, you know, teachers are not looking to just grind away with these students on things that they think they're missing. But as you guys have stated about these opportunities, uh, you talk about the, the zoos and the museums and, and things like that. We're sort of bringing those kinds of things to the school. That way these students can experience these things that they won't see as being an academic grind. They're very camp-like activities. I like how you guys have used that term because these are summer camps. So we're looking at project-based things, robotics-based things, some really exciting science programs to get into forensics and bone structures and just trying to find out you know, who committed the crime and um, water testing. And we're able to bring these things in. And the interesting thing I've always found about our team, each member of our team has a very different background. I, I have a math background. Uh, the other two have science backgrounds. And we all have more time than the teachers to just research into these new programs, these new, exciting, engaging things that are out there in education we can then bring them to those educators and allow them to bring them to their students. So it's a situation where we are giving those educators the ability to kind of stay on top of the new things, new and exciting things that are happening in STEAM education. Um, so that's really exciting and something that we hope we can continue to bring to these camps. Well, JD, I know as a previous teacher in the classroom like yourself, that teachers don't have that time. And so I'm certain that they appreciate having that support and insight and research that you provide them to support them through, you know, engaging their students in that learning process. So um, thank you for doing that. I also know uh, that your team does have limited capacity. You can't reach every county in the state um, unless we clone you a few times. So I get really excited thinking about how our team of learning specialists can collaborate with your STEAM team to help provide some of those professional learning opportunities to additional counties across the state that you might not be able to reach on your own. One way I think we could easily do this is, and you, you kind of touched on this a little bit, uh, but we have what we call a lending library at the Gene Harless Center that houses a lot of those learning tools that you mentioned. So can you share with us a little bit more specifically about that? Sure, Brandy. Um, I talked about the fact that we have a lot of these innovative things that we can bring into uh, the classrooms with the teachers. And, and it's hard for some of these counties to get the monies together to be able to afford to bring these things into the classroom. So we have what we call a lending library um, in which we have things ranging from, uh, you know, fishnets for outdoor learning all the way up to VEX robotics and teledromes, um, iPads uh, for coding things. And uh, so we do have just a very wide variety of things that are there. And these are certainly things that we can bring into counties. Teachers can go online or talk to their LTEC representative for their county, and they can find out how to just simply have these things brought to their classroom so that they may use them 
for a, a week or two or however long they may want to in order to bring these new and exciting tools into the classroom. And it could be a situation where it becomes something, you know, that the county looks at and says, you know, look at what's going on in this classroom. Look how well they're doing with this. Their students' test scores are in increasing by us bringing this equipment in. Maybe we should look at, uh, you know, purchasing some of this equipment and bringing it in. And the nice thing is that when they do that, we like to go in and train the teachers then how to really use this in a classroom, you know it's harder to see how it, it transitions into the standards. So we can show them, hey, this is where these standards are showing up, even though, you, you know, it, it's hard to see. And But you can see where this these standards are then showing up and the students will come back to them and ask those questions, you know, like, well, what does this mean? And then you can tell them and you're like, oh, I see now I'm hitting that standard. So having the ability for them to come in and get those things, but also to get some training from us, um, to let them know how those things are going to connect. Um, so I think the lending library is definitely a, a positive um, and we certainly would like to see it being utilized more than it is at, at this point. So JD, some of the tools that you mentioned that you have as an elementary teacher, I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, it was like a foreign language. So keeping our audience in mind, uh, typically, much of our audience serves pre-k through fifth grade let's talk about some of those specific items in the lending library that our team not being steam specialists could provide professional learning support for counties and i think many educators um, may be familiar with the FOSS kits um, i know some school systems use them but those are a great way to incorporate investigations into summer programs, expirations, um, but some educators may not be familiar. So in a nutshell, and JD, correct me if I'm wrong, basically those kits provide all the materials that a, an educator, a teacher, a summer program would need to complete an investigation on a specific topic. If I remember correctly from my days in the classroom, they include a teacher guide, student materials, measuring tools, consumables, basically everything you need. I agree. They do. Even uh, They even contain videos of them being used in a classroom and so that you can see exactly what's going on. Yeah, those FOSS kits are really great in the elementary classroom. And another thing that I know that we have in the Lending Library that is also great are make do sets and these are easy to incorporate into your classroom for innovation and engineering or your summer programming and for anyone who doesn't know what make do's are they are these little connector pieces um, almost like screws that allow old cardboard boxes or broken down pieces of cardboard to be connected and engineered into anything imaginable so students can sit down and design things like robots or structures that go along with whatever your topic is and you're investigating and they can create it out of cardboard and these connectors I agree, Becky. They, they are great examples of, of things that can be brought into the, especially the elementary classroom. And you're right, the innovation and creativity that's allowed um, through that set is fantastic. And keeping with that kind of same idea, we also have little bits. Um, so little bits is kind of an electronic play set 
where they get to be able to put together things that will make noise, will, you know, create lighting. They will uh, be able to make things move by connecting electrical pieces. Uh, the interesting thing about Little Bits is it's mostly with magnets. Another one we have is Rockenbach. So Rockenbach, it's kind of like Legos on steroids. They, they put these things together, but in, in putting them together, they can build ramps, they can build pulley systems, they build bridges where they have to have uh, different ways of strengthening those bridges. So um, just a really interesting, and again, you know, you can go step by step and they can all make the same thing and then have to make adjustments from there, or you can kind of give them the freedom to be creative, as creative as they want to be. Um, so that's, you know, another exciting thing about Rockenbach. Another one as well as uh, Straw Rockets. Um, straw Rockets is a really simple idea. It's cardboard and clay and straws, you know, drinking straws, more or less, you know. Uh, and they're able to build rockets and they, and they can make their own rockets and they and they get again a creative side they can do all kinds of decorative things with those rockets and then they get to uh, use pneumatic power to be able to fire those rockets and then the interesting thing about straw rockets is kind of towards the end they get into collecting data and analyzing data which is something uh, that we all know is very very important moving forward for these students. So it's a really early time for them to get a chance to see that in action. Um, another one we have uh, is spheral robotics. Um, spheral robotics, uh, <laughs> one of the things I always like to show when I when I do Spiro is there's a really interesting YouTube video out there with uh, former President Obama and uh, he's walking in a street and, and somebody introduces him to spheral robotics and he thinks it's the coolest thing ever. And he sits there and he's playing with it. So it's really neat. But it gives them a real early look at programming, at, at, at block programming and coding. I think this conversation is making me want to race over to the lending library just to get some of those tools out to get to my hands on to explore with. Because there are some that we have over there that I unfortunately didn't have exposure to in the classroom. And I really wish I would have had them in the classroom. Me too. So... Something else I remember seeing over there, J.D., were children's innovation kits in our lending library. So what are those? Children's innovation kits are somewhat similar to Little Bits in that they do involve electrical circuitry, um, but they're designed for smaller hands <laughs> and students that don't have quite um, the digital control, the, the you know, uh, the hand-eye coordination to handle some of those other things. So it's kind of like little bits, but at the pre-K one level, um, so that they still get the idea of the circuitry, but it's a little bit easier for them to connect things. It's mostly involving wires as opposed to uh, magnets. And, you know, again, that creativity is still there. They can build they can build little robots, you know, little simple robots that will, again, make noise, um, light up and move using those uh, electronic circuitry. But like I said, it's, it's at kind of that pre-KK1 level, which is really nice to be able to bring something like that that does kind of trigger those thoughts. 
I love that that we have tools available for those smaller hands, like you were saying, JD, those who don't have as much of the fine muscle control as the older kiddos. So we have talked a lot about a lot of um, different support that we can offer. So to simplify it, if you are listening today and you are in West Virginia and would like support with planning for summer programming, or you just want to learn more about our lending library, be sure to check out the show notes for that map that Brandy mentioned earlier for the early and elementary learning specialists assigned to your county. Um, Just send them an email and contact them and they will give you whatever information that you need. For links to all the resources discussed in today's episode and for additional information, please visit our website at wvde.us forward slash leaders of literacy. Click on podcast and click on the show notes for episode 52. Want to learn more about being a leader of literacy? Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a single installment. In the next episode, my co-host Samantha Statler and I are going to focus on how to build strong community school relationships. You won't want to miss it. Thanks for listening.